gotta catch a glimpse of these warlocks. Let's make a move. She's going around the corner. Come on. It's time for Dirt and Sprague. True love is hard to find. Sometimes you think you have true love, and then you catch the early flight home from San Diego, and a couple of new people jump out of your bathroom blindfolded. With Andy Dirt Johnson and Brendan Sprague. We should date. What? Date. I said we should date sometime, you know, socially. Go ahead, kick it. Dirt and Sprague on 1080. <laughs> You're pretty sick, Chubbs. The Fan. All right, welcome back in. Hour number three here on Portland Sports Leader. 1080, the fan, 99.5 HD2, and, of course, the Odyssey app. We'll spray the line coming up at the bottom of the hour, but I know nobody is more excited uh, than Jason Swigert, except one person who we're about to bring on here uh, for the Timbers season and their opening match. Uh, the Timbers match against Kansas City. Uh, ended up getting pushed back and delayed till Monday due to the, the storm that hit. So Sporting KC and the Portland Timbers will start their season uh, on Monday. But it's an exciting season because the MLS has partnered up uh, with Apple TV. And it should be noted the Apple season, uh, the MLS season pass is found via Apple TV, not Apple TV+. Plus. That's an important note here. And Jake Zivin, our good friend on Twitter, at Jake Zivin, uh, is going to be calling the LA Galaxy and LAFC match at the Rose Bowl with Taylor Twelman. And, uh, of course, you know him from his Portland Timbers time, and he gets ready for a new venture with Apple TV. So, Jake, good morning. Thanks for hopping on, man. How exciting is this to, to kind of start something new while still being familiar with, with the product you've been calling for some time now? Hey guys, good morning. Uh, yeah, it, it's it's a it's a wonderful moment for the league. Uh, it's a wonderful moment for for me personally to be part of this. Uh, it's just uh, to me, I think an inflection point in the history of, of Major League Soccer. And we start tomorrow. We are just under, over, I should say, twenty four hours away from the first game kicking off. About thirty six hours away from uh, the games happening out here on the West Coast. So. Man, uh, I can't wait. Uh, I can't wait to, to get around the league, get around the country, and I can't wait in Portland for, for the Timbers season to start, as you said, 48 hours late, uh, but it is getting underway on Monday night. Well, hopefully, uh, uh, well, yeah, Jake, we can get... Oh, oh go, go ahead. ahead. Well, I was just going to I was just going to note that I think the cool thing about Apple TV having it, uh, I know people are wondering how this is all going to go, and... All the matches, the League Cups, all the playoffs going to be on MLS Season Pass. There's no blackouts available in 100 countries and regions. And I think the cool part is they, they have matches in English, Spanish, and then for Canadian teams, they also have available in, in French. They've got home team radio calls. I mean, what was, what was kind of your reaction when you had heard and gotten wind that the MLS and, and Apple TV were really going to do this and make this a partnership? Yeah, look, it, I think it's a really, really good thing. I think it's going to be great for fans. I mean, I can't tell you how many complaints we got over the past eight years that, that I was, you know, doing Timbers matches about not having a an option to stream, not having a cut the court option. If you live locally, you could get Timbers games. If you were a fan in Chicago wanting to watch games from Portland, you could watch them on on the MLS uh, kind of you know league wide uh, out of market package. You couldn't do that in Portland. And we have wonderful TV partners uh, up at Root Sports and, and then Fox 12 and Fox 12 Plus. Um, I stand by our product. The people I work with are some of my closest friends. Um, but that was always kind of the one frustration with supporters is that those who cut the cord and look, MLS is, uh, and Timber specifically, is a sport and, and a team whose fan base skews younger who skews towards streaming, and there are a lot of people who have cut the cord who don't have that traditional cable or satellite package, and they couldn't watch. They literally had no way of watching Timbers games unless they went to a friend's house 
or went to a bar, but they couldn't themselves sign up. They couldn't even pay for anything. Now, you know, that's alleviated, and it's simple. It's just in one spot. Every single game will be on MLS Season Pass on the Apple TV app. No blackouts if you're in Portland, if you're traveling, if you're in Montana, if you're in you know, New York City, uh, if you're in, as you said, 100 countries uh, and more, more than 100 countries around the world. So I think it's going to be a great thing for fans. And, man, the, the past couple of months, seeing what it's all looking like, seeing it all come together, it looks fantastic. And it's what you'd expect from a partnership between a league like MLS that's always tried to be progressive and always tried to kind of push forward into sports and into sports business uh, and a company like Apple, which is you know, probably the foremost brand in the world and a brand that's about simplicity and innovation and user experience and all of that. I think MLS season pass, uh, we, we've seen that already just in, in the rollout of all the content. We saw that in the test matches last weekend, and I think everybody's really going to see it tomorrow night. Uh, and I think it's, it's going to be something that supporters love. Well, I know everybody's excited for for the view enhanced viewing uh, experience that's about to come. But for Timbers fans who were disappointed not to see their side get into the playoffs a, a season ago, what should they expect from this group? Uh, there was a late trade. I know Bill Tuiloma, who was a fan favorite, uh, he gets moved out. Uh, and so that central defense has always been a point of concern. I, pretty much since Liam Ridgewell left, Liam did a great job organizing everybody. It seemed like there was a lot of organization that we haven't seen uh, with Larry's Mabiala kind of taking over there. And then you have Evander uh, coming in, the new player, the designated player right there in the midfield, hopefully to try to increase the playmaking uh, for this squad. What are we expecting from the Timbers out of the shoot? Yeah, man, uh, spot on with Liam, right? I think he's one of the best, you know, center backs in league history and specifically when it comes to that part of the game of of organizing, of leading um, during a match, th- throughout a game. That's what made him so special in this league, especially. So, yeah, Timbers have missed that, of course, since, since Liam retired. He's back now as an assistant coach after a year with us on the broadcast team. So he's bringing some of that now at training and, and during the games from the bench instead of uh, out on the field. Uh, you know, you hit on, on, to me, the main storyline in the beginning of this season is Evander. The new designated player, familiar with that term, that means, Basically, the big star, uh, the player that Timbers or any team in the league can pay whatever they want, and he only counts you know, a certain amount t- towards the salary cap. It is a salary cap league like so many other American leagues are. He's the most expensive signing in Timbers history. So, again, in, in soccer, uh, instead of like trading, if you're, get, if you're signing a player from overseas, instead of trading a player to that team he came from, you just pay him money. That's how the, the economy of soccer works. Uh, and the most expensive signing for the Timbers, the most expensive transfer, as it's called, in Timbers history, is Evander. Brazilian midfielder uh, played more as a kind of uh, what we call box-to-box midfielder, a number eight, both with offensive and defensive responsibilities over in Denmark. The Timbers are going to have him play a little more in the attack, more attacking responsibilities, fewer defensive responsibilities. They really think that his creative ability, uh, his, his skill – is going to to really shine through in this league, and they want to have him play a little further forward so he can have the greatest impact on the attacking side of the game. I think he's going to be a home run signing for the Timbers. Looked great in the preseason. I was down with them at Palm Springs at, at the Coachella Valley Invitational last week. Uh, they played three games. He had two goals and one assist, a goal and assist in every game, and he only played like a half of, of some of those games or less. 
So he, he looks at he looks the part. Um, and to me, if I'm a Timber supporter, that's the thing I want to see most. Uh, now Monday night is Evander, the first glimpse of him and, and how he integrates. And I think he's going to have immediate impact for the Timbers and in this league. Yeah, Jake Zivin is our guest here uh, on Twitter, at Jake Zivin. He's calling the, the rivalry game between L.A. Galaxy and LAFC at the Rose Bowl. Taylor Twelman, uh, as he makes his debut for Apple TV now with the MLS season pass. Of course, still the Portland Timbers guy as well. Uh, MLS 360 is a live whip-around show uh, that's available for free to, to fans that have the MLS season pass. And uh, MLS season pass can be found at Apple TV, not Apple TV Plus, Apple TV. That's an important note here uh, as the season starts. So the the season's going to get going here, Jake, with with Sporting KC. Uh, Before the first match, I guess I would ask the question that, that, you know, maybe uh, nonchalant, but like they support the Timbers fans would know, not the diehards per se, what is the weakness of the Timbers going into the season? What's the area where you look at and you go, I'm a little concerned about it, but let's see what it looks like? Yeah, I think the number nine position, the striker position, is somebody going to step up? Yaroslav Nizgoda, he's another designated player. As I mentioned, he is still the most efficient goal scorer in the history of the league. Goals per shots taken. But he hasn't taken a ton of shots, especially for, for a striker. And, and, and that is more, I think that like that's signifies he's not always very involved when he's in the game. And he's not the type of striker that's going to always be on the ball. He's not a volume type of striker. But there have been matches where he just hasn't really been involved at all. And, you know, 60 minutes go by, he comes out, and it's like he didn't even get a chance. So can they create chances for him? Can he find more chances for himself? Um, because if so, he is an elite finisher. And, and if he can get to, say, 15 goals, then that's something that the Timbers, I think, could really need to not only get to the playoffs, but contend. Behind him, you have Felipe Mora, who um, is, is injured right now. And if Felipe Mora is healthy, he may be the starter, as he was in 2021 when the Timbers made it to MLS Cup. And he scored you know, that famous, famous goal at the end of, of regular time. To, to send it to extra time. Uh, Timbers, of course, ultimately lost, but he provided that moment that every Timber supporter will remember. But he's had a knee issue for really since that moment and has barely played, and he's still dealing with it. Hopefully, a couple months into the season, from a Timbers perspective, he can get back out there. And if he does, and if he's back to 100%, and Geo has that position battle between the Skoda and Mora, that's a good problem to have, and maybe the Timbers look better in that position. But right now, it's really needs to go up to have Nathan as a backup, a young player, Scored some goals last year when he came in, um, you know, but didn't, you know, didn't, uh, you know, kind of burst, didn't take that starting spot, is what I could say. So I think they're still looking to sign somebody in that spot, a top level player in that spot to give an alternative type of player to Yaroslav Nizgoda and compete with him until Felipe Mora comes back. So for me, that position is a question mark and how productive, how many goals they can get out of that position could change things big time. Uh, and then you mentioned the, the center back uh, position as well. There, the Timbers have four really good center backs coming into the season that I think could start for many teams in the league. And I think any pairing of the two could have started week one in Lloris Mabiala, Dario Zupric, Zach McGraw, and Bill Tuiloma. Well, they trade Bill Tuiloma to Charlotte, uh, again, for money, so to speak, really salary cap space, what's called general allocation money. $800,000 of that, which is quite a haul. It's a good return for any player in the league, especially you know for Bill Tuiloma. 
But now that, that cuts into the depth a little bit. Now you have three. You have Dario, Luis, and Zach. Who's going to start on Monday night? I think it might be Dario Zuperich and Zach McGraw starting on Monday night. Zach McGraw is an amazing story. A third-round pick out of Army West Point, the first-ever Army grad to be drafted by an MLS team. Third-round picks in MLS. It's, this is not the NFL. Third-round picks in MLS do not make it. Like, th- there are – I think there's one player that was picked after Zach McGraw that's still on the MLS roster – and in like the 60 picks before him, there's maybe one or two that, that are still on MLS rosters. This is like three years ago. They just don't make it to that second contract in MLS. But Zach did. He bucked that trend. He impressed everybody. He's big. He's physical. He's imposing. He's smart. He plays within himself. And uh, he's now you know earned that second contract and possibly earned a starting position on day one for the Portland Timbers. So Zach is a great story. But still, with now only having those three you do wonder, is is, are there, is there a Bill to normal replacement coming in? Is there another signing in that position on the way? Check, last one for me. We know Gio, uh, last couple seasons, has really uh, allowed, he's given up possession, playing the counterattack, uh, and, and sometimes that comes back to bite him. Uh, with Evander coming in, some other roster changes, do you expect him to be a little bit more on the uh, – on the front foot, maybe possess a little more and try and create, or are we still going to see other teams dominating possession and Portland trying to, to counter? Yeah, it's interesting. You know, I think Gio wants to be a possession team, and he always has. He came in after having so much success for the New York Cosmos and the NASL, which was the second division, a lower division. And, you know, I think he kind of said that's what he wants his style to be. And he could do that with the Cosmos because the Cosmos in the NASL were – the giant club. They were the Manchester City of NASL or the Real Madrid of NASL in that their budget was bigger and the players were a level above all the other teams in that league. So they could just dominate games and they did for the five years that Gio was there. I think he won three titles made it to four finals. Um, So like they could do that. It was more difficult when Gio came to MLS with the roster that the Timbers had assembled. Frankly, the Timbers have always, other than maybe 2013, been more successful when they've done what you described. They've conceded a little bit of possession. They've defended well, and then they've used their immense attacking talent to hit teams on counterattacks and to take advantage of teams not set up defensively, right? That's the point of kind of sitting back and then playing on the counter is now your attacks are against a team that's not set set defensively, that's in transition, instead of a team uh, that is just sitting back, that's able to get organized and all that. And I think historically the Timbers have had a lot more success playing that way than them being dominant on the ball, which looks great at the end of the game when you look at the possession stats and maybe even the shot stats. But ultimately what matters is the quality of opportunities you're creating and, and how many goals you can score, right? Whether or not you can, you can win the game. I, I'm not sure if the roster is, is still kind of set up in the way to be dominant in possession yet, or if it's still better for them to sit back, be organized defensively, and then hit out on the counter. I mean, you still have this incredibly talented and dangerous attacking group. You've got a Dyron Espria when he's healthy. He's out for, for a few weeks with, with a knee injury. Uh, you've got Jimmy Chara. You've got Santiago Moreno. Uh, Anis Goda, who, again, kind of wants to get behind and, and wants just like a one-touch opportunity, doesn't necessarily want to be involved in a buildup. Uh, and then you, you have an Evander maybe to k- kind of pull the strings uh, in those moments to what Diego Valeri did for, for so many years uh, in those moments. So I'm not sure. Eric, same thing. Eric is really good moving the ball forward, Eric Williamson. Uh, and Diego Chara at 36 still has – 
speed to make those ridiculous runs deep in midfield and, and create some problems. So I, I don't know. I think that they may be more effective if they still kind of sit back a little bit and, and hit the counter and bring some of those thrilling and exciting moments uh, that we're so used to seeing at, at Providence Park when the Timbers get out and running. Yeah, that that's an amazing that's amazing stuff right there. That's a preview that I wanted to bring to listeners, and and Jake Zivin was the guy I wanted to do it because, uh, you know, fun fact, I I'm, I'm not best friends with him. Jake Zivin has come a long way, folks. People don't understand the grind. This guy was hey. down in the in in Eugene, Oregon, cutting Let's you go. know practice film from Oregon and Oregon State practice. <laughs> he's worked his way up, and now he's working with Ted Lasso at Apple TV. He is going to be calling games uh, all season long. He'll be on the call oh. with Taylor Twelman, uh, LA Galaxy, LAFC, and of course your Portland Timbers. Uh, Jake, man, seriously, congratulations on this. I know this is big for you. We're happy yeah. to still have you uh, a part of Portland as well. And uh, let's yep. let's make, make this more of a regular thing. Let's get you on again and keep keep following the timber season and getting your thoughts as the season progresses i'd love to man i fondly fondly look back on those days at the media room at gill coliseum post-game beaver football post-game beaver basketball <laughs> all of us together shout out to, to our guy steven nelson as well who forged my mm-hmm. path to apple tv uh so yeah man i, I love the kzi days i miss them and, and i'm proud of where all of us have, have now come yeah, it's great. It's great stuff. There we go. Jake Zivin on Twitter, at Jake Zivin. Uh, he'll be on the call for the uh, the L.A. game, and then uh, Portland gets their season ready. Apple TV has got the MLS season pass uh, that you can subscribe to. Again, it's it's Apple TV, not Apple TV+, Plus, and have uh, all the matches on uh, MLS season pass and MLS 360, which is a live whip-around show. It's kind of like the red zone for uh, the, the MLS, and they'll go around to all the games. There we go. Good stuff from Jake Zivin. Uh, there, Swag, I can't believe you did that to me, but I love it. I thought that was really good, informative stuff from Jake. And uh, let's, uh, let's, let's break now because I can feel our boss screaming at us from wherever he's at right now as <laughs> Thanks, we gave Jake. you the most in-depth Timbers preview you possibly could have. We're back with more Dirt and Sprague on the fan. This is Dirt and Sprague on Come 1080, on. the fan. Baby, don't you go. All right, welcome back in. Dirt and Sprague with you on this uh, Football Friday, Flap Shot Friday, Fast Break Friday, whatever you want to call it. Uh, good stuff from Jake Zivin of Apple TV and a longtime Timbers broadcaster. Uh, this isn't the most heavy-hitting Timbers content you can find, I think, in the Portland metro area, but their season's starting. Uh, I'm getting the season pass for the Apple TV stuff. I think that's pretty exciting. And uh, I thought it'd be fun to do a, a big preview with Jake, who we hadn't had on the show in a while. No, I'm excited. You guys are gonna try and get into it a little bit more. Look, I don't, I don't go. I don't usually watch much too much Eastern Conference MLS. I'll, I'll focus, obviously, keep an eye on what Seattle's doing and uh, LAFC and uh, those sorts of teams. But, uh, but yeah, it'll be interesting. This I'm really curious because I think there's going to be two things. I think there's a lot of people in the Portland area who are casual fans of just the Timbers because that was the local team. I wonder how much of them are going to migrate to the new thing. But also, like diehard soccer fans, people that are Timbers fans all scattered across the country. Because if you watch a Timbers road game, Timbers Army shows up no matter where the hell they are. They will have 50 to 250, depending on the site. They will be excited to be able to watch them whenever they want all the time. So it's going to be an interesting dynamic to see how that plays out. Well, I think I think the other element here is, you know, whether you like soccer, love soccer, don't care, 
I think you should check it out. Like the first week, I think, is a free trial. You should at least see it aesthetically because if you didn't catch the Apple TV MLB stuff, Pac-12 fans might have interest in what this could potentially look like for college football. And I know one of the many notes we got from Apple TV and and when we got Jake Jake on was uh, they're they're going to do what Dirt had suggested on Wednesday. They're going to offer play-by-play of the home radio broadcast as you watch the game. So, you know, if you're an Oregon fan, you could get Jerry Allen. If you're an Oregon State fan, you could get Mike Parker, for example, uh, if they do indeed get that Pac-12 deal done because that's what they're doing for the MLS. So, I don't know, I I think it's exciting to see what it looks like and how it goes and what's new and what's unique and... I, I am I'm fa- I'm as a sports fan I'm always fascinated by that and I I think it could potentially be uh, a pretty exciting thing. Let's spray the line. We went a little long there with Jake Zivin. It's good stuff. We can uh, we'll post the podcast at 1080thefan.com. Uh, go check it out. I mean it's like three questions, but it's basically Jake just running through the roster, <laughs> where where he thinks the team's strengths are, where their weaknesses potentially could be, what to expect from their new big player, uh, Evander. I love that we have a one named player, Evander. Feels good. Portland's got their own Ichiro now. Um, so it's good stuff from Jake Zivin at 1080thefan.com. But it's time to sprague the line. Get those spraying line sponsors in at 503-864-6326. I got an NFL-related thing I want to ask if you guys would bet, and we'll get to that coming up next. This is Dirt and Sprague on 1080 The Fan. Spraying the line. Spraying the line. Spraying the line. Spraying the line. Spraying line. As we come back from break, brought to you by Dirt's commitment to the show. Just like Dirt, Sprague's good picks never show up. <laughs> Spraying line sponsored by Oregon Department of Transportation. Totally incompetent during a snowstorm, but still more reliable than a Sprague pick. Ouch. <laughs> Was there anybody more harried yesterday than that white-haired Peabot guy who kept having to do uh, YouTube interviews with every news and basically apologizing? Well, we almost had local media reporters get killed from cars sliding into them. Like, you know, I I, I get it, but, like, I really wonder how much longer we're going to keep sending reporters out to awful conditions. I'm live out here. Where there's a thunderstorm and a hurricane arriving and confirmed the wind is very fast and howling. Like, what are we doing? Well, I think Spray Line what? brought to you by... Go ahead. Go ahead. This is awkward. Our first awkward encounter of the day. Oh, Spray in Line. <laughs> that sums up our Spray in the Line uh, production here. Exactly. Oh, it's bound to happen at some point in the show. I'm glad it happened as late as it did. Spring line brought to you by Reeser Stadium. Like Reeser, only half of Sprague's picks are any good. Uh, sorry, let me get him working through them. Uh, Spring line brought to you by 1080, 1080 The Fan Live from Sprague's bedroom. The most action to come out of there ever. Hey! Hey! You're not wrong. <laughs> You're not wrong. You, you do Spring have line. two children, so... I do. It's only been the two times I've made love. Spray line brought to you by Sprague's personal darkness retreats that happen every time he blows his electric bill on a crappy parlay. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. 
I just scrolled back too because we were at, we were trying to set up with Zivin behind the scenes, and uh, I saw some people texting in uh, about Rodgers. You guys could just not talk about him. I mean, he's a starting NFL quarterback, a Hall of Fame quarterback who's probably going to change teams for the first time in his career, and he made this darkness retreat sound like part of the reason and, and part of his thinking uh, thing. And then plus, it was in Oregon, so it's like, how do you not talk about it? And then somebody else says. Uh, now, why is Rodgers the fraud? He plays the media, and you guys get butthurt. Um, I don't really understand what that means. I, I'm not butthurt by him playing the media. I'm not even really butthurt. I, I, I just no, don't think he's genuinely a great leader. I think he's a very selfish person. And yeah, like I just, I think he's a fraud as a all-time. Legend, to be honest with you, but that's just my opinion. Yeah, I don't think he's playing the media. I just think he uses the media to try to build his narrative. Um, He's adept at it uh, as it pertains to not, you know, not getting his way all the time with management there in Green Bay. It's kind of fascinating, actually. He's he's a different. He's a different dude that we've seen in that position. It's the most important position in one of the most uh, historic franchises in the most popular league in the country. So you can't really ignore it. Uh, I will ask you guys this because I know, Will, I know you probably have like 85,000 things you're going to gamble <laughs> on today, tomorrow, uh, et cetera. Swag, I'm sure you're finding one. Let me ask you by you, you, you guys both this. If, if you could wager... Right now, yes or no, Lamar Jackson gets the big guaranteed contract that he so seeks. According to a, a, the latest report, he wants the Deshaun Watson deal. He wants 200 plus million, and he wants it fully guaranteed. And that's where we're at right now. Would you guys gamble on that he does get it or that he doesn't get it? I would gamble that he gets it. He doesn't get it in Baltimore. He ain't, he's not getting it. He ain't getting it. No one's giving it to him because Whoa. he runs too much. He runs too much, and people still have that thought process of, well, he's going to keep getting hurt. He's not a big dude. The only quarterback who was able to do it for a long, extended period of time was Cam Newton, and look at how the wheels fell off of that thing. Ain't no way he gets it. I think okay. there are enough, All right. Yeah, I think there's enough desperate teams out there who haven't had a quarterback that they could just count on the last several years. Um, but I think he's dug his feet in. I don't think he's budging from Baltimore. So if they, uh, if they, t- they might tag him this year and he might play it out or whatever. But eventually, when he, when Baltimore's out of options, they either have to pay him or not. I think he gets the bag from somebody else. Um. Okay, so Will, you don't think he gets it at all from anybody, and so what does that mean? He he gets tagged and then gets a a far lesser contract than he, than what he's asking for. Is that what you mean? Yeah, I right now he's asking for more than Deshaun Watson. The biggest problem is he's his own agent. So normally you have that agent yeah. there in between to because when teams are gonna you know you've been through contract negotiations when pe- when people go through those types of things they're always gonna dump on you from the team perspective well he's gonna take that personally I just don't think that there's gonna be any team willing to give Deshaun Watson type of money because they saw what happened 
when Deshaun Watson got all of his money and all of it guaranteed and how all the owners hated on uh, the Cleveland Browns owner. Now, I could be wrong. I mean, maybe Dan Schneider gives it as, like, one final middle finger. I'm going to give him a ton of money, so you have to pay everybody else a bunch of money as he sells the commanders and the heads out of Washington. But I, I just don't see it. It's Yeah, he's an MVP. He's a really good player. But you have to remember, too, like, he's already had some – injury issues his biggest attribute are his legs now can he throw the ball yeah of course is he a good quarterback would I want him on the Seahawks tomorrow I would give up my contract here at Odyssey to get get him to come and play it's not going to be much it's not going to get him to come but I, I just don't see him getting the top end deal well, uh, me and Dirt just negotiated new deals. We just signed new two-year deals with Odyssey Portland, so we should be here for at least two more years, and that was exciting. But, yes, it's uh, you go through the contract negotiations. There are certain things you find out along the way in that process. Um, let, me, let me ask you guys this. What are you gambling on this weekend? Uh, I, I will take uh, the Timbers on the money line. It's just minus 105 against Sporting KC. They've had prov- – All right travails uh, they're not going to want to be here all weekend long sitting around in this i think portland will still they'll they'll embrace it uh and they want to get on a good start uh with the vander and, and establish that at home the crowd will be uh, crowd will be ready to see soccer on the field and no longer deal with the off the season nonsense that's been going on with the timbers and uh, a little hockey for you tonight big one in the western conference uh, colorado out winnipeg i'll go over uh, six goals at plus 105 well, yeah. So uh, I love the board. Um, I, for Friday, <laughs> when don't you? <laughs> I, that's true. I always love the board. For Friday, I've got uh, Mikhail Bridges over nineteen and a half points, and I've got Trey Young over twenty-four and a half points. And I'll be honest, I look at each day at the beginning of the day, and then I just kind of build from there. So I still have uh, some things that I'm gonna parlay and build but i do want to brag that last night i did hit the buffalo wild wings parlay and it basically bankrolled the rest of my evening uh yeah i mean i i i I think the buffalo wild wing parlay i actually missed on that the other day um i missed it by 24 hours had i just waited like you did and bet it i would have finally been able to do it and cashed in but I'm an idiot, so there you go. That kind of sums it up. Uh, Spring, <laughs> Spring in Line brought to you by Credibility. This show has none because only half of them show up. Spring in Line brought to you by Jason Sukanik's long-lost son, Will Ortner. Uh, let's see. Spring in Line. we got some really good ones today. Uh, give me a second here. Spring in Line uh, brought to you. Oh, oh, sorry. That got brought. Nope, that got broken up. You know, reading text on the air sometimes needs to be thought out before you actually do it. Yeah, you can't do that uh, in stream of consciousness. You gotta gotta self edit. Uh, yeah, and yeah. Well, I can't read. Okay, I can't read the last one. So there you go. Spraying line uh, brought to you every Friday by you great listeners out there. Uh, we wrap it up. Did Russell Wilson want Pete Carroll and John Schneider fired? That's next on the fan. Dirt and Spray, Gun 1080, The Fan. 
All right, final question for you guys this morning as we did a uh, Sprague bedroom edition of uh, Dirt and Sprague today. Uh, yes. We will be in the studios next week. Uh, but Swag is making bacon and uh, talking to his wife while doing a radio program, and I'm I'm sitting here wrapped up in a blanket, half naked, doing radio. So yes, it's, it's been a, an eventful day. And Will Ortner is probably also pantless right now, sitting in the uh, the studios as he had to sleep at the 1080 Studios uh, down there on Thurman Street in downtown Portland so we could even do the Pilots game and hit the airwaves today. I, I don't know the status of the other shows. I'm Rust not going to Sukanic it. And, okay, but Rust I'm not going to pull a Sukanic and pretend. In. I'm not going to pretend I know what all the other shows are doing today. I don't know where they're at, uh, if they have the cars to get in. But it's at least we're grateful to at least to have been on today, and we'll be back to full strength on Monday. Now this ice and uh, snow stuff is, is starting to go away a little bit. I'll ask the question here. Did Russell Wilson go to Jody Allen and the Vulcans and tell them to fire Pete Carroll and John Schneider and to hire Sean Payton in Seattle? Yes or no, you believe that story? Oh, I 100% believe that story. I don't care what anybody else says. I, I Yeah. Hmm. I, yeah. I totally believe it. Uh, at the end, from everything that's like been coming out, no one really liked Russ, it sounds like. It sounds like Pete was the only one keeping him there, but his issue with Pete was Pete never let him cook, didn't let him be the main uh, thing that they had in that offense. Pete always likes to run the ball, play good defense. Doesn't shock me at all. Yeah, there's a uh, an athletic story basically saying that this happened, that unnamed sources say that, Russell Wilson went to the ownership group and wanted uh, Carroll and Schneider fired, wanted Sean Payton to be the head coach. He has since gotten his way. He just got his way in a different city with a different team. Uh, Wilson actually, who you know, somebody who doesn't respond to much publicly in, in, in this sphere, he, he tweeted, uh, I love Pete, and he was a father figure to me, and John believed in me and drafted me as well. I never wanted them fired. All any of us wanted was to win. I'll always have respect for them and love for Seattle. So he is he is denying the story and the report that um, that he did this. If you go read, there's a really good piece on the Athletic about him and his first year in Denver. It is uh, boy oh boy, it's it's fascinating. It, it basically reeks of. Guy given keys and, you know, ran it the way that he wanted to run it, and it did not jive with what Nathaniel Hackett had going. And, you know, some people badmouth him in this, and others say he's he's a good dude. I don't know where to go with Russell Wilson next year. Sean Payton is a good coach. We'll see what he does with uh, his staff. But uh, it's a fascinating story out of Denver that Russell Wilson tried to Tell the ownership group of the Seahawks to fire Pete Carroll and John Schneider. We'll see where. Well, I don't know. What are you guys expecting from Russell Wilson next year? I I don't know. I mean, he needs one. He they need to bulk up that offensive line. Obviously, he needs to not be running for his life. So, if they can do that around him, I think he's got good enough targets uh, to help him out. Uh, if they could find a little bit of a run game to help him, that that always. I mean, he always had that to rely on at least at the start uh, of his run in Seattle. So. Then give him a little bit. I would think the imagination of Sean Payton 
the big one's just going to be who's who's running the show. The, I, I think once the battle for power internally and who's in charge of the team, is it Russ, is it uh, Sean Payton, once they sort that out, uh, then they have a chance to, you know, be good. They're, you know, they should be in a tough division, so it's not going to be easy, but you would expect them to at least be sniffing around wild card spots. Yeah, you, I- you should go read this. Oh, go ahead. Oh, sorry. I was just going to say they have a good defense. This year, if they would have scored averaging, like, what, 16 points, I think, they would have been 10-7 and or 10-6, and something along those lines. So, for me, if they can get somewhat normal production out of rest, they'll be good. Go read this piece at The Athletic. There's more we could dive into. I haven't even gotten to most of it. Russell Wilson at his own office, and he had hours for teammates as if he was a coach. He brought in, like, four people onto the staff. And uh, basically sums up why it did not work in Denver in year one. We'll see if it works in Denver in year two, because according to some reports, Sean Payton is not letting some of that stuff fly. Uh, That's going to do it for us. Thanks for all the text. Uh, I hope all you guys were actually okay and safe the last uh, 48 hours. Thank you, Will Ordner, for coming into the station and sleeping there so we could be on the air. Swag, thanks for helping set up and co-hosting as well. And uh, we'll talk to you guys on Monday. We appreciate you listening. Tune in now. We got Colin coming up next. Uh, hopefully Danny and Dusty are there and uh, hopefully we get some prime time. Uh, but this has been Dirt and Sprague on Portland Sports Leader 1080 The Fan.